Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Exurga Deus dispentur inimicius, et fugianci oderunteu ma facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic with a shocking, shocking set of statistics. But first, let's get started with the prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelo, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias, diaboli as opraecidium. Imperatili deus supplices deprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, quia perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum de trude. Amen. Coriesu sacratissimum, miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancta Francesco de Assisi, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Coceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you some numbers. In 2017, there were eight. In 2016, or excuse me, in 2018, there were six. In 2019, there were eight. In 2021, there were 11. And in 2022, as of April 25th, 2022, there were 17. Eight, six, eight, skip a year because COVID, 11, that's in 12 months, mind you. So 8 in 12 months, 6 in 12 months, 8 in 12 months, 11 in 12 months, a spike, but, you know, it's only up 3. And in four, and the first 4 months of 2022, 17. Now, what am I talking about? Those are the numbers of catastrophic disasters to happen to food processing plants in the United States of America. In the first four months of 2022, January, February, uh, January, February, March, April, 
four months. 17. In the last week, in the safest week in aviation history, two food processing plants, one in Georgia and one in, I think he said Idaho, plane crashes. Two food processing plants with a catastrophic disaster that were brought about by plane crashes. Now, dear family, I don't know that you could draw a conclusion except According to the previous years, as cataloged, the first four months of 2022 equal two years. If we carry on in this in this manner, meaning every four months, another 17. And it's not to say that it's going to happen like that. It may suddenly stop. There may suddenly no longer be. But I can tell you that there's two food processing plants up where I am, and I swear to you, if one of them goes up, I'm calling BS. I'm calling BS on the cause. Because I'll be here. I'll be able to actually, I'll be able to actually tell you. 17 catastrophes that would dis that would dis uh, excuse me, disable the production capacity of the food processing plant. And to be honest, I don't remember if they said 30,000 or 30 million, but I know that but I know that when they said the number, it was ridiculously high in the number of chickens across the country that have been mandated to be destroyed across the United States of America. Now, you can confirm this actually, you could probably confirm it over on Trad Cat Night because I know Eric Gajewski has been covering this over there cuz he's actually been tracking it because when it comes to prepper stuff, Tradcat Knight's on freaking point. Like he know, like he's been tracking this whole thing. And so every one of these things that pops up, he's actually been, done a really great job of finding out what's going on, or at least finding out that there is something going on. Now, whether or not you agree with his conclusions, and I can tell you that some of his conclusions, eh, well, I'm sort of 50-50 on. Um, others of his conclusions, I'm like, yeah, not so much. But the conclusions are... When he's saying, hey, you know, 30 million chickens have been exterminated. Chickens across the country are being literally selected by the FDA to for destruction by the USDA, the FDA, and the Department of Agriculture for destruction because avian flu. By the way, where's this avian flu coming from? They're not talking about the source of avian flu. They're just going around saying, yeah, yeah, you got to destroy your chickens. Don't know why. Not investigating it, to be sure. I would not actually be interested in this story, except that I'm an aircraft mechanic, and to have one aircraft crash into a food processing plant is like a bolt of lightning. And to have two is unheard of. The aviation industry is hands down the safest industry in the history of the world. And for good reason. 
hands down the safest industry in the history of the world. And you're gonna tell me that two aircraft just fell out of the sky and took out, <laughs> took out food processing plants? Now the news are the, the the news uh, organization that I heard heard this from. This is actually from Tucker Carlson. Um, they don't make they don't draw the conclusion. I'm gonna go ahead and draw the conclusion. You want to talk about a tractor trailer losing control and doing something crazy or whatever? Okay, a tractor trailer, a little more likely. Not much more likely. I mean, tractor, you know, trucking, the trucking industry for as many trucks are on the, are, that are on the road and the, the millions and millions of miles that they drive per day, they're actually a remarkably safe form of transportation as well. But they don't hold a candle to the aviation industry. They don't hold a candle for, to, to the aviation industry because everyone in the aviation industry understands that there is nothing as shocking as an aircraft falling out of the sky and crashing into some stuff and killing a whole bunch of people or destroying a whole bunch of property. There is nothing as shocking. Every single plane crash makes the news. Maybe not the national news, but you're definitely... If a, pl if a plane goes down in Idaho, the whole state of Idaho is going to know about it. If a plane goes down in Montana, the whole state of Montana is going to know about it. If a plane goes down in Indiana, the whole state of Indiana is going to know about it. Two, there were two aircraft incidents in Montana, or in Montana, in Indiana, while I was in aviation school. Two. I knew about them both. One of those, one of those incidents was fatal for the pilot and... Uh, no, actually, it was fatal for the pilot, and the three other people survived. And the other one, everybody survived. It just took out some stuff. Not even a whole lot of stuff. You're talking about a cornfield. And you're going to tell me that an airplane just happened to fall out of the sky and land on a food processing plant? On a food processing plant. Dear family... When you end up in a situation like that and you make an and you can make him look, Harrison Ford crashed his freaking plane. This was what, five, six years ago? Harrison Ford crashed his plane. Survived. Because he happens to be a really good pilot. I don't even know if you knew that. You probably did. If I knew about it, if I knew about it where I was at the time, you probably knew about it. Harrison Ford crashing his plane. If John Travolta crashes his plane, everybody's going to know about it. I mean, that's literally how big this is. It's not even how big of an actor John Travolta is because, I mean, what, like, seriously, what's he been in lately? I don't know. You're going to tell me two aircraft crashed into a food processing plant and nobody's looking into it? You're going to tell me that 17 food processing plants in four months. <laughs> Dear family, if this carries on, four months, it's a third of a year. So 17 times three. If we carry on at this pace, I'm not joking. 50, what, 52, 53? Uh, 246, 246 and 45, yeah, 52. 
if we carry on, if we carry on on the pace that we're going on right now, 52 food processing plants will have been will have been disabled or destroyed by the end of this year. At the rate we're going right now, I'd anticipate at least four more air, four more plane crashes into food pl- processing plants. I mean, that's literally how crazy this is getting. Chemical spills, fires, explosions, off the wall stuff. During the same year where they're talking about, oh, there's going to be a food shortage. There's a word for that, dear family. That's called famine. But, I mean, you know, I don't know the recipe, so. Pretty sure the recipe for famine is just nobody to process or ship or transport or plant and harvest the food. Now, I'm not going to make the same case everybody else is making, the obvious case where it's like you need to be buying food and you need to be prepping and you need to do this, that, and the other, because, like, no joke, you shouldn't have even needed me to tell you that. I'm certainly not by the opener of, hey, there were 17 there were 17 food processing facilities that got took out in the United States of America. Like, no joke, I'm pretty sure. By that point, it's like, no joke, if you're listening to this right now, you're not on your way to the grocery store to go buy a whole bunch of crap right now or on your way to Sam's Club or Costco or wherever it is that you go to get your food, the farmer's market, out to your garden. Like, no joke, if you're not actively, like, at this point going, oh, hey, I should probably do the thing, I'm going to tell you that in a couple of months it's going to be too late. It's legit going to be too late. Seventeen. With two plane crashes. Two plane crashes. Dear family, I remember I remember a stretch of years where airplanes were falling out, where it seemed like airplanes were falling out of the sky like every week. They weren't, to be sure. What happened was is you lost, we lost a DC-10, and everybody was talking about that for like a week and a half. And then we lost another DC-10, and then everybody was talking about it for three weeks because a week and a half clearly wasn't enough. And then we lost the third DC-10. I don't even think it was in America. And everybody was talking about and no joke, we're, they were talking about how DC-10s were the scariest aircraft ever, which was awesome for me because my very next flight was in a DC-10. I was 10. No, I was 11. (laughs) Can you imagine? Had two Boeing 737 Maxes go down. Two, not in America, and it was enough for the FAA to shut the whole thing down. Two. We got two airplanes crash into food processing plants. Who's talking about it besides Tucker Carlson? No and body. And body left town. Do I know for sure if it's some sort of master plan? No. Am I pretty sure that it's some sort of master plan? Yes. Here's why. Because... Two, three years ago, they were already talking about, oh, we can eat bugs. Two or three years ago, they were talking about that. Last year, what, last year, year before, everybody started talking about the Great Reset. They weren't, didn't have a name for it yet. Year before last, they didn't really have a name for it. But by the time I started podcasting, it was a thing. 
The Great Reset was explicit. The World Economic Forum was explicit, and they were talking about replacing the food supply. You look at the UN, you look at the UN Agenda 2030 and the Agenda 21. What are they talking about? They're talking about replacing the food supply with what? Well, stuff that's not particularly natural, lab-grown meats, bug-based based protein, eating significantly less than what we are. Then COVID comes out, and what do they do with COVID? Oh, well, you know, they find a way to poison a whole bunch of people. They basically turn the whole planet into guinea pigs with one of the most dangerous so-called vaccines ever in, ever created with a, with a technology that literally changes and rewrites your DNA. And by the way, those of you who are those of you out there out in cyberspace who are hearing this and going, "No, that's a conspiracy th theory." You can go pound sand. Because we're talking about major medical journals who we're talking about it now. We're talking about major news organizations that are talking about it now. And they waited until just long enough to where people stopped paying attention to it because they're like, oh, wasn't that that thing that was a conspiracy way long ago? Yeah, no. Okay? We want to take it a step further? We can go ahead and add in the snake venom thing. Now, I'm less convinced about the snake venom thing. And the reason why I'm less convinced about the snake venom thing actually has to do with the conflicting story about massive blood clots. Okay? Snake venom is an anticoagulant. Cause you to bleed out. Um, unless there's some sort of... And I don't know for sure because I haven't really looked into it. But unless there's some sort of thing out there where, like, the occasional response to a snake bite is that your blood clots... And that could be, because like I said, I haven't done the research in it. But the principal reason is because everybody's talking about, well, snake venom is snake venom is an anticoagulant. Well, if it's an anticoagulant and it's designed to make you bleed out, if that is the case, then the long string of videos where doctors were pulling strings of goo out of people's veins, where they were talking about these worm-like uh, 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 worm-like fibrous things. I don't even know what to, how to describe them. <clears throat> but I have videos of stuff purportedly being potentially a result of the vac vaccine, where they're talking, where they're talking about they're pulling strings of biological material out of the veins of dead people or of you know, when they're doing the blood clot stuff and they're checking for all that stuff. Because remember, blood clots was one of those things. It was out there. If snake venom is an anticoagulant, then they might, that, I mean, granted, they might have done something to reverse that so this way it doesn't quite show up like that. <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't looked into the technology in these things beyond the cursory. The Watch the Water documentary, I found interesting. I don't know exactly how much of it I'm on board with. Truly, I don't. But it's something to be aware of. You know, that part where they're saying it's a, you know, you know the snake venom attacks the nicotine receptors and, and me being a smoker is probably the reason why I didn't get COVID is uh, unique, to be sure probably add, added protection to the fact that I don't drink a whole lot of, like, I don't drink tap water. So, I mean, unless they're going to, like, Arrowhead Bottling Company and injecting it directly in, in there at, the, at that source or whatever, 
By the way, I say Arrowhead Bottling Company because that's actually the bottled water. That's one of the bottled waters I don't drink. So, good luck. <laughs> shocking, to be sure. Absolutely shocking. This whole thing has me... Um, disturbed. Am I worried about it? No. I did some prudential preparation. I have, you know, a reasonable food supply. I'm going to be fine for a while. Not worried about it. Um, whenever this whole thing blows over, if it blows over, cool. If not, all right, well, I'll make new plans. No big deal. I put the preparations in place to make sure that when everything really starts to hit the fan, that I have enough that I have enough of a buffer to shift gears. To kind of shift and figure out, you know, the new whatever the new way of dealing with stuff's going to be. Which is exactly what I mean, that's what proper preparation does. You prep for the disaster, and then when the disaster comes, during the disaster, you figure out how you're going to live going forward. That's what proper preparation is. Proper preparation is not building a bunker that you can and stocking it with enough food to last 50 years. Okay, that's that's how you get God to claim your life like five seconds into the whole thing and be like, oh hey, look at that, all that preparation came to nothing. Okay, that's literally scriptural, by the way. Oh, you did all this extra pre preparation? Well, that's cool. Tonight, the Lord is going to require your life from you. So you prep just enough so that you can figure out what the new what the new avenue is going to be. You remember always that if you have extra, it is a matter of justice to give it to, to people in need. Oh, that's a really painful Catholic teaching, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. That's why being a Catholic is so tough. Because it's a matter of justice to give from your largesse. You keep what you need. Because that is what you need, and you are required as husbands, as fathers, as mothers, as as, as you know, as, as as a family unit, or even as an individual, you are obligated basically to take care of yourself as best you can. But anything from your largesse belongs to people who are in need. You keep that in mind. You live by that, and when you find somebody in need, when somebody comes up to you and they're asking, and you do not say no. Unless you have reason to, reason to believe that they're just trying to scam. Better be a good reason, though. Remember, I was naked and you clothed me. I was hungry and you fe fed me. I was wounded and you, heal and you tended to me. I was in prison and you visited me. These things are precepts. Like, they're, like our Lord said them, they're precepts. So... <clears throat> But you should already have a plan. But honestly, let's be real. You've been listening to this podcast for how long? You should have a plan by now. Now, if you're just tuning in and you're like, oh, goodness, this is the first time I'm hearing about any of this. Well, God bless you. You better hurry up and plan. By the way, methods of planning, 50 meter, 100 meter, 300 meter. Your 50 meter target, you kill first. Your 100 meter target, you kill next. Your 300 meter target, you kill when you can, so long as there's not a 50 or 100 meter target popping up. That's how you prioritize. That which is immediate and urgent, you take care of immediately and urgently. 
that which can take a while, but is kind of a big deal and is sort of necessary in the long run, you take care of as you can. You don't try to do the whole thing all at once because that's like no joke. You're gonna be, that's how you mess it up. Now, finally, I'm gonna get to that other news story that I've been meaning to get to. Elon Musk buys Twitter. Is that the beginning of free speech? Do we really need free speech? Well, here's the thing. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Catholic Twitter probably couldn't use the extra freedom. Just being blunt. We have enough going back and forth. I mean, granted, like when you when you're swinging around Catholic Twitter and we're flinging vitriol and venom at each other, you compare that to some of the stuff that goes on in the rest of Twitter, we're actually pretty mild. But knowing that I'm not being shadow banned by some rube in a room who doesn't understand what it means to be Catholic, knowing that I might actually have a chance to build a following who might actually spend time going to the other people that I point them in the direction to, you know, like Father Ripperger or Father Wolf or, you know, uh, Census Fidelium or the, you know, Restoring the Faith or the Kennedy Report or any of those others who are much bigger, much better at this job than I am. Um, And knowing that when I send that out, or even if I just retweet, you know, a prayer request, knowing more people are going to get a chance to see that may actually get a chance to see that because they might be interested and not having some, some little neck bearded nitwit who doesn't know whether he's a man or a woman trying to figure out, ah, maybe I should shut that one down because he said something good about Trump. 
I have to admit that I'm going to breathe a little bit more easily. And Twitter has a thing called a mute button. So anybody I don't really want to hear, guess what happens? They get muted. They don't get blocked because that causes problems when I want to see stuff. Because sometimes an account I muted might have something to say. I think the mute button was probably the best invention. You know, I'm not upset that they put down votes on there. I mean, that's cool, whatevs. I, I could, honestly could care less. But for some reason, everybody goes straight to the block button. Catholics go straight to the block button. That's weird. Never occurs, it, I don't know, it just never occurs to some of the more prominent people on Catholic Twitter that the block button might be a little overkill when you can just mute somebody. But whatever. Is Elon Musk going to be the savior? <sighs> They're going to go after him so hard it's not even funny. But now that he's opened up the discourse, we can. The New York Post will never get will never get banned again. The Babylon Bee will probably be back. That'd be kind of nice because I miss their cheekiness. Donald Trump, I could even deal with him. I mean, you know, what ifs? You know, he's, he's got some stuff I'm probably going to excoriate him on when he comes back, but what ifs? Will that take the wind out of Gab and Getter and Truth and all the other ones? Yeah, probably. Because here's the thing. If you're going to have a public square, it needs to be a public square. Now, I have a Gab account. I don't remember how to log in. It's been that long since I've used it. Because the last time I was on Gab, it was irrelevant. I don't have a Getter account. I thought about it. But I don't really use my I don't really use my Gab account. Parlor got you know nixed and I you know I could stand to go back onto Parlor. But why? I barely want to be on social media as it is. I can barely remember, like, no joke, this last week, I think I've been on Twitter twice. The tweets that I put out, that the, the tweets that come out on my Twitter account, now, granted, I do listen and, you know, I'll do, I'll like some stuff and I track some stuff. You know, there's some people I follow, like the Habsburgs, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, you know, the Habsburgs, the Bourbons, um, you know, the other, the other Catholic social media accounts, you know, Restoring the Faith, Return to Tradition, uh, you know, Anthony Stein at Pontificator Max, uh, you know, Steve, Steve at Census Fidelium, Ryan Grant, um, you know, James, James the Texas Trad, and a, whole and a whole bunch of wonderful, wonderful people on Catholic Twitter who, who, who I'm mutuals with. You know, AP Novoa, uh, a bunch, bunch, bunches of people, right? That's where they happen to be. That's where I can connect with them. I could go to the other stuff. One of these days, I'm going to remember to put it in my regimen that every time I post something, every time I post something the next day, at least I put the link on SP3RN. But that means that, like, no joke, I actually have to start paying attention to the podcasting business model, which I'm all for. But the more I'm paying attention, like, legit, the more I'm paying attention to the podcasting business model, the less time I'm spending in prayer and meditation. And 
I don't want to have to go everywhere. I just don't. I keep 10 tabs open on my computer 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're always open. So I sit down, I click one, two, three, four. Now, granted, two of them actually have to do with this podcast in particular because I have to do because I have to do media editing and stuff like that, and I actually have to publish a podcast. But and I'll do a quick sweep, and then if I don't find anything, I boom, I'm off. Or I shift over to something, you know, I might do, you know, cat videos or something. I don't know. I say cat videos just as sort of the nominal fluff stuff on YouTube that kind of... Actually, I do. I follow a lot of tech stuff, too, obviously. Anything with aviation, I'm, chances are I'm probably following that, too. Um, <clears throat> but I don't want to spend a lot of time running around all over the place. I don't want to spend a lot of time concerned, worried, whatever. I've noticed now, I've actually literally cut it down to where I think I spend... And I'm really glad for fruitful days like I've had today. Today is actually like the, this is actually the fourth podcast I'm recording this day. Because I have no idea if I'm going to have anything to talk about for the rest of the week. And I do want to try and make sure that I push it out as much as possible. And that doesn't include the two episodes that all I did was transfer. Was, was, was convert the audio. Like this is the fourth recording and I probably won't be back on social media all week. Except brief here and there. And I kind of like it like that. Because if it's really important, it'll come out either on Monday or Friday. Because all the stuff they try to distract you with is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Because those are the days, newsflash, that people actually pay attention to the news. Friday is the day that nobody pays attention, which is when the really important stuff comes out. And Monday is when you get the catch-up from all the stuff over the weekend. So literally, Friday and Monday, pretty much the only two days that you really need to keep track of. That's it. The rest of the week, you could probably let it go. Been rather fortunate, been able to record long episodes... And what's really wild is I've worked a full day of work. I've recorded more than four hours. Actually, I'm coming up on four hours of content recording, and I've still managed to do all of the prayer and meditation that I was looking for. I was not, however, able to do the spiritual reading because, well, I got about a half a paragraph in and fell asleep. So even all this panic that I'm talking about, the 17, 17, 17 food processing plants that have been debilitated in the last four months, and Elon Musk buying Twitter, I mean, these were like literally the last two episodes. These were the last two topics, and I was going to eventually get to Elon Musk talking about Twitter. I even actually mentioned it. Um, you'll notice I mentioned it in one of the previous podcast episodes that I wanted to talk about it when it happened. Well, this is recorded that same day.
because I'm actually concerned more about my spiritual well-being. I'm concerned more about your spiritual well-being. So we talk about stuff that's important. Need to know when you're making those big long-term decisions. Admittedly, the last episode I recorded was kind of was kind of fiery. The one before this, but I'll be blunt. As a podcaster, one of the reasons why I ask you to pray for podcast, for particularly Catholic podcasters, is because those of us who are talking about the faith, about the church, about current events, about how what the Catholic response to those sort of things are, because we were dumb enough to step out into the public eye, we're assuming a certain level of accountability. Now, I'm not a priest, so I don't have like a priest's accountability. I'm not a bishop, so I don't have a bishop's accountability. I'm certainly not the Pope, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I don't have the Pope's accountability. But because I was silly enough to step out here into the public eye, you guys who hear me are my responsibility. I take that very seriously. I didn't before. It was very much, it was much more fiery, a lot more loosey-goosey with, you know, trying to make sure that I was basically on, you know, basically in the right lane. <clears throat> trying to make sure that I'm much more careful now. Even that last fiery episode, that one, that one where I'm, you know, basically, I mean, nearly cussing at the bishops. Actually, I think I was cussing at the bishops. Anyway, even that one. Had a particular intent in, in 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 hoping that somebody will start to make this go right. That somebody will start to stand up for the faith. That somebody will actually step up and care about souls. At least as much as I do. I mean, I'm a layman schlep. I don't. That like if if you were to compare my caring about souls to say I don't even want to compare it to our ladies caring about souls because she's like way way bigger on the scale like um, like I mean the only one bigger than her is God <sighs> but apparently lower down on the scale are the bishops just weird. Does this mean that, so you know what my principal concern about this is, is that as every podcast episode goes live and it gets tweeted about because it's actually set to do that automatically, as every one of those episodes goes live with the censors at Twitter blocking less, one, I could say more, two, I might reach more. Might. I don't know. I used to be a recruiter, so I know I know like how long it actually takes to put it, to put it together. And if you're gonna set up in a niche market, then you have to know that it's gonna take some time. That's why like the whole first year, man, I talk about a whole bunch of stuff. But when things started to surge, 
I just paid attention to it. With the censors coming off of Twitter, maybe it'll surge more. I don't know. With the, in all honesty, with the censors coming off of Twitter, I might actually need to hurry the heck up and finish the website to take advantage of the fact that there might be more people interested in going to RadioFreeCatholic.com who might be actually interested in hearing more. I, ugh, I don't know why you'd be interested in hearing what I have to say, but whatever. Who might actually be in, interested in hearing more of what I have to say. Who might even be interested in hearing some of the stuff that I don't even remember saying. Which is, I don't know, 840-some episodes? <laughs> I really only remember about a handful of episodes that I went in depth because it was literally, I was reading, you know, news articles or something like that, and I left very little to my own commentary. Um, but most of these free-form episodes where I'm just talking about topics, I don't remember most of that, and I don't go back and edit my own stuff. I try to do this all in one shot. <clears throat> Mostly because, oh, I can't stand hearing my own voice. <laughs> anyway. Is this going to be a new chapter for Twitter? I think it's actually going to be a new chapter for a lot of people on social media. That's what I really think is going to happen. Because many of the people who got banned will be back. And the landscape's different. Because with one of those major social media platforms deciding they're going to censor less, one of two things is going to happen. It is either going to basically subvert and destroy the other social media platforms or they're going to start to relax. They're going to realize they can't carry on and, and manage. I mean, you know, they may decide that it's not economic on their, on their part, but I gotta be honest with you at some point, Twitter's if, if Musk manages to pull this off, Twitter is going to, is going to get bigger. And if Twitter gets bigger, at some point, the others are going to have to follow the model. And as all of those people who were banned slowly start to come back. I mean, granted, they might still turn around and cancel all of our bank accounts or whatever. But as the landscape is different now. The really big names aren't as big. I mean, they're still pretty big, but they're not going to be as big as they used to be. And there's a lot more of us out here, a lot with different perspectives. There's a major shakeup. Oof. Oh man, I just thought of something horrifying. Maybe I'll tell you about it sometime. <laughs> At least it's horrifying to me. I don't know. You guys may like it, but I, I don't know about all that. <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to commit to telling you about it some other time, not in this episode, and the thought that I just had. That's the scoop. Two stories less than an hour. Finally, it only took me four recorded episodes to try and figure out exactly how to trim this down. <laughs> anyway. Get prepared if you're not already. I'm, I don't know. But most of the people who listen to this podcast are pretty prepared already. So I'm not ultimately not worried about it. <clears throat> 
at least not for most of you. For the remainder, I don't know what you're waiting for. 17 food processing plants. I feel like that actually, I shouldn't even actually have to say anything else. 17 food processing plants, 30 million chickens, all destroyed. So make of that of what you will. Famine is coming. That's happening. That's going to, that's a thing. Global. No one's going to be left untouched. With 2 million immigrants coming in, what, in the last year? There's something to the tune of, they anticipate that when, whenever they get done with Title 42, there's going to be some 20,000 per day. You honestly think the United States of America is not going to be, not going to be hit by this? Fun fact, it was like 300 Ukrainians outside of San Diego. Weird, huh? That's how it's going right now. So make yourself ready. Make yourself ready, and if you want to do something about, you know, social media, pray. Pray that God's will is done with whatever's going on with Twitter. I know, I know Elon Musk is definitely not the avatar everybody was looking for, I mean, I'm a fanboy, but for different reasons, mostly mostly because of space exploration, because I've, I've always been a huge fan of that. <clears throat> but now would be a really good time to pray. Pray that whatever happens with Twitter, God's will is done, and that it's for his greater glory. And then, you know, if some of the Catholic commentators manage to start to get bigger because, you know, you no longer have the Twitter censors holding their thumbs on the scale. Well, sounds like a win. And if you don't think that's possible, and this is the thing that I'm actually thinking about when I say that, if you don't think that's possible, then I want to remind you that at one point, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, the venerable of holy memory, of happy memory, holy memory, I don't know how they say that. I don't know exactly how that goes. Anyway, but the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, at one point, was the most popular television personality in America. You don't think that can happen again? You don't think you could be Taylor Marshall or Patrick Coffin or Caleb the Mechanic or Mike at Restoring? Well, it probably won't be Mike at Restoring the Faith. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he'll manage to find a way to shut that down. <laughs> You don't think it's possible that it'd be some of these others? Particularly, you know, guys like Patrick Coff and Taylor Marshall. I mean, they've already got big followings. People take the fingers off the scale. They really actually can only get bigger. And whatever it is that you think of the two of them, the fact is, is they're still very much Catholic. Now, I suppose my only critique is that they don't strike me as the most charismatic people on Catholic, like they don't strike me as the most charismatic Catholics in Catholic social media. But I mean, seriously, who is? Who knows? It might actually, the, the largest YouTube, the largest channel on social media might actually end up being Dr. Anthony Stein. Wouldn't that be a sight? Low quality videos, most popular Catholic, most popular Catholic show in all of social media. Wouldn't that be a sight? Just saying. 
So pray. It's Eastertide, so I'm, I'm a little bit less on the whole do penance. Although, try to figure that out, you know, try to integrate that in there. Make, rep make reparation. And you do, uh, fun fact, you can make reparation by giving Thanksgiving as well. Doesn't, have, doesn't all have to be all, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, you know, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, although that doesn't hurt. <clears throat> but it's Eastertide, so you can make reparation by giving Thanksgiving as well. Just saying. As long as it's all for God's greater glory, I mean, seriously, like, who cares how it gets done, as long as the glory goes to God. So pray for the church, pray for your nation, pray for all of us in Catholic social media, because uh, let's be real, we can get pretty ornery and kind of messed up. And know always that I am praying also for you too. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <laughs>